Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast. We'll get you set for free agency in the CFL with Bob Irving. Big coverage coming up Tuesday on CGOB. Also, Mike McEwen throwing fourth stones for Team Reed Carruthers. They are going to be at the Briar in Brandon. That's his hometown. Get his thoughts on that. Plus, my building was on fire Monday morning. A weird wake-up call. I'll have that story on the podcast. Tomorrow is the start of CFL free agency. Some signings today of note. We have the Hamilton Tiger Cats locking up two key pieces of their defense. Simone Lawrence, linebacker, and Delvin Bro, defensive back. And Hamilton, or not Hamilton, Edmonton also announcing five signings just about an hour ago, including Kenny Stafford coming back. But the Bombers, they've got 14 players still unsigned. And we are joined now by the legendary Bob Irving. Bob, you're going to be in here tomorrow. We're going to be streaming on the internet. You're looking forward to our uh, free agency panel from 11 till 2? I am. It's going to be on the Facebook pages of CJOB and Global, Christian, as you well know. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's going to be fun because we've never, ever, in uh, the many years I've covered the CFL, had a scenario like this one where there are so many. For, I think there's still over 200 out there free agents, uh, some of them very big names, including quarterbacks Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see where they go and to discuss all the different aspects of what might happen with those players and others. There's two prongs to this. There's obviously the Winnipeg aspect, wanting to see what they do, who they bring back. But there's just, as a CFL fan as a whole, this day feels a lot different than most free agency days in the CFL, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure it does, Christian. Again, because there's so many players and because there's so many big names, but it starts with the Bombers, as you said. And, uh, you know, they're still working very hard and and putting their priority on getting a handful of their key free agents re-signed. That's where they're going to place most of their efforts. And then it'll be interesting to see what they do. Brandon Alexander and Javon Santos-Knox are right at the top of the list. Suk Chung is there, too, of players the Bombers really badly want to bring back next season. And there's a few others, Taylor Loeffler too, but apparently he's told the club that he's going to free agency. I know they feel that there's going to be somebody out there who offers him a lot of money, but uh, you know, Winnipeg would still like to have him back. And then if the Bombers find that they're not going to be able to get Santos Knox and Alexander and Chung and a few others, then they've got to go to work quickly and get uh, players from other teams who would fill those holes. So, There'll be, a, you know, I think a mad scramble to some degree among all the teams, and then dominoes will fall. And uh, as I say, it'll be a, a free agent period, unlike we've seen in this league. Are those dominoes really waiting for the quarterbacks to go? Does that set off the flurry of activity, people waiting to see where that big money is going to be spent on someone like Riley or Trevor Harris? Well, sure, uh, and I think I was told today by a source in Calgary that the Stampeders are fairly confident that Bo Levi Mitchell is not going to the National Football League. Okay. He has not received uh, any kind of offer that has enticed him at all. Basically, the teams down there that he's worked out with were impressed, but none of them is prepared to give him significant money to suggest that they feel he can make a difference for them. So uh, the Stampeders, I know, feel very optimistic they will bring him back, but Bo Levi has told them that he's going to wait until 11 o'clock tomorrow our time, 10 o'clock Calgary time, just to see what's out there. 
So now you've got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who are in desperate need of a quarterback. Could they talk Bo Levi into moving one province over? What about Mike Riley? Well, all the reports on the weekend and today are that he's going to BC for six hundred and fifty or seven hundred thousand dollars. A lot of money. Yeah, and I think again, you know, this is what uh, Christian, a guy like Mitchell's waiting for to see. Well, look, if he's going to get six or six fifty or seven, that's what I should get. And Trevor Harris. Uh, unless it has happened in the last hour or two, still hasn't re-signed with Ottawa. And Trevor Harris is probably thinking, well, wait a minute, uh, I'm not going to sign until I see what those other guys get, because if Mike Riley's worth 650 surely I'm worth, what, five? Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of the thought process. Interesting thing happened in Vancouver today. Uh, one of their key free agents, Brian Burnham, re-signed. That's right, I forgot to mention him, yeah. Yeah, now the theory is, and again, I've heard this from a source in Vancouver, is that Burnham would not have re-signed unless he was pretty confident that Mike Riley Mm. was going to be the quarterback of the BC Lions. So there's all kinds of intrigue going on here, and a lot of it surrounding the quarterbacks. And again, uh, you you mentioned it, Christian, a lot of the players are waiting to see who the quarterback is going to be on, on each team before they decide if they might join that team. That does not include Winnipeg. They are no. <laughs> they are tight. They are uh, locked into Matt Nichols at a yeah. at a dollar figure that is not at those levels. But what kind of money? I, I know the CFL teams are very you know tight when it comes to revealing their finances and who, who's spending what on who. But how much money do the Bombers have to work with? How much do we know about that? Well, I can tell you that every team in this league, virtually every team, will spend to the cap, whether it's $5.2 million, which it is now. And, of course, nobody knows what it's going to be when the new CBA is created. That's and that, right. uh, again, is a bit of an issue for teams because they just don't know how high they can go. But the Bombers are well positioned uh, to spend some money. And they're going to spend some money, or try to anyway, on – they like to add a receiver, for sure, Christian, and uh, – you know, the best one out there, and for my money, is Darrell Walker, who played in Edmonton the last couple of years, had a shot at the NFL. Uh, he is a fantastic receiver, and man, would he ever look good in blue and gold. And my guess is for sure the Bombers will make a run at him. So they've got uh, the money to spend. But again, I think they're going to try to spend most of it on their own players to bring them back because both Kyle Walters and Mike O'Shea feel that continuity is important. They've got a real good thing going here, and the more you can keep it all together, the better off you are. So that's where their focus will be. But again, if they don't get the players they want, uh, you know, they've got some change that they can spend. So they have uh, nine starters that are still pending free agents. You mentioned a couple of them, Alexander, Loeffler. Uh, there's Kevin Fogg, you said Santos Knox, Drake Nevis, Tristan Opleugo, Sir yeah. Chong, Nick Dembski, and Weston Dressler. Of those nine, who do you think are most likely to not be back in blue and gold next or this upcoming season? Well, yeah, I think it would be easier if I said the ones most likely to okay. be back, and those would be Alexander, Santos Knox, and I, then I guess I would say Sook Chung. Now, the Bombers would like to have Dembski back for sure. Uh Will somebody, when he gets to the open market, offer him the kind of money that the Bombers aren't comfortable spending? That could happen. The same with Taylor Loeffler. They'd like to have him back. But if somebody offers him, Christian, I don't know, 160, 170, 180, I don't think the Bombers will go that high. Dressler, uh, I don't know. Is it possible 
that the new coaching staff in Saskatchewan right. would say, hey, maybe this guy wants to finish his career in Regina. He still lives there year-round. Maybe maybe the Riders take a run at Dresser and have kind of a fairy tale ending for his career. The Bombers would like to have him back, but they're going to wait uh, until free agency plays out a little bit to see where they stand. Kevin Fogg uh, and Nevis and Opala Ugo, I don't know that the Bombers see them as high priorities. That's not to say that they wouldn't like to have them back, but their priorities would lie elsewhere, particularly with, I know with Brandon Alexander and Santos Knox, having lost Chris Randall, or sent Chris Randall away, basically, uh, they feel re-signing Alexander is really important. And Santos Knox, we all know, he developed last year and became not just a tackling machine, but an impact player, the kind of player really that uh, is a difference maker. So they're going to try real hard to get those two uh, redone. Now we we know now that the team knew a long time ago Matthias Gosen was going to step away from football, taking a full-time police gig in B.C. So they've known that getting someone like Suk Chung re-signed, it becomes a little bit more important. Is that offensive line you know, super critical to this team's success to get someone like Suk Chung back under contract? Yeah, I don't know if it's super critical because they do have, you know, the two tackles and Pat Newfeld re-signed. They have Jeff Gray, who, uh, you know, we all know his story. Uh, he's under contract. Michael Couture has developed very nicely, and they feel he's ready to step in and start probably at center in the coming season. They'd like to have Suk Chung back, but I would say it's not as high a priority for them uh, as it would be for some other players going into free agency. And again, a lot of these guys like Suk Chung, he's happy here in Winnipeg. He likes playing here. He'd like to be back here. But the chance to go on the open market and see what's out there, uh, you know, could make a, a difference for these guys because some of these players, Christian, are going to be offered. There's nine teams in this league. It only takes one. are going to be offered probably more money than they thought they might even have a chance to get, and then that's going to be hard for them to turn down. So, uh, again, <laughs> we just wait and see how it all mm-hmm. plays out, and uh, I'm fascinated by the whole thing because uh, I'd love to be a GM tomorrow. In some ways I would, in some ways I wouldn't, <laughs> but I'd love to be one. Or I'd like to be sitting in the GM's room to to watch everything unfold and then be on the phone quickly with agents and saying, well, wait a minute, Hey, we're going to give your guy another fifteen grand. We, you know, we we really want him. You know, and it's going to and the agents are going to play the teams off against one another oh, too. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing's going to be quite. And it's the exercise you see in free agency every year. But this one is just expanded beyond uh, a level we've ever seen before. One other player who I know the Bombers would love to have, and every team in the league would. And that's Greg Ellingson, the receiver yes. in Ottawa, who's a free agent. So if the Bombers feel they need uh, kind of a home run hitter as a receiver, and I think we all feel that way. Uh, Darrell Walker and Greg Ellingson are, to me, the, the two most obvious that you'd take a big run at. There's some nice names in that regard on the market. We'll uh, see you tomorrow morning, Bob. Uh, look forward hey. to our coverage tomorrow. It should be fun. Thanks, Christian. In Verdon, yesterday, Team Reed Carruthers captured the Viterra Championship title. They will be heading to the Briar, which is in Brandon. It'll be the fourth consecutive Briar appearance for our guest now on the CJW Sports Show, Mike McEwen. Good evening, Mike. Uh, thanks for joining me and congratulations. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me tonight. So take me back to the start of this week. You lose your second game to Terry McNamee. What 
how did that shift the team's perspective? Did it light a fire? Did it create an atmosphere like, okay, we cannot lose now, and and you didn't lose after that? Uh, it uh, it definitely refocused uh, the team. Um, yeah, we we needed that wake up call. Uh, just there there were some things that um, you know whether it was kind of a little bit of game management or or um, just not embracing you know the the ice conditions and and how how they were changing uh, you know from the start to uh, you know to the middle to the end of the game we just uh, yeah we that was a big wake up call and uh, kind of uh, kind of just refocused uh, you know personally for myself and and uh, and also the other guys uh, you know came right on board with um, kind of creating a little bit better game plan to to manage the conditions and and. Uh, and, and get us going. So I, I think we did a good job in, um, you know, just, uh, just reducing some of the risk we were taking. Um, so yeah, maybe that lit a fire under us, uh, unfortunately for the rest of the, <laughs> for the rest of the co- competitors. Colin Hodgson told, uh, Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg sun earlier in the week that sometimes you need more of a dictatorship than a democracy. What did you think of that? <laughs> that was quite the headline. <laughs> um, but uh you know really what you know Colin was alluding to is that we had uh you know we just had leadership issues that you know really came down to there's too many voices at once uh, you know and and, and Reed, Reed and I both throughout the season are trying to learn different roles and um we just uh yeah we just came to a point uh after our fall campaign that that didn't go well that you know, we just needed, uh, you know, whoever it was going to be needed to be a bit of a strong hand going forward just to, you know, help help the team kind of get through this. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, you know, all five of us, including Coach, sat down in, uh, in January and, and made a decision. This is what we're going to take into, uh, into our last event uh, that we had before, before Provincials and then, and then Provincials onward. And now you're heading to the Briar uh, in a very different configuration than you have in the previous three years. And I'm wondering, you've, you've mentioned a number of times kind of the growing pains, but how has it been? How has the adjustment been to now either being third or skipping Reed Carruthers' team, playing with Reed now, having two really, you know, two skips now, calling third or being fourth, the, the juggling process of forming this new team? It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, I, I thought, uh, you know, and I, I think I can speak for the other guys too, that we thought because we, all four of us got along so well that this was just going to be a pretty smooth transition. And and it ended up, uh, you know, reflecting on it, probably the friendship at times got in the way or, or, or maybe didn't allow us to have some, you know, really hard conversations that needed needed to be done and and uh you know myself included uh you know each of us were were kind of stepping outside of our roles and and uh you know just it really wasn't productive for the team um so yeah it's been hard a lot a lot more work than I thought it would be um but I you know it, it feels like we weathered the worst of it and we we just managed to get things back on the rails just in time to uh you know, hopefully uh, represent our province very well. 
and you get to represent your province in your hometown of Brandon. How special will that be? I'm pretty, pretty darn excited. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to play in that St. John's Briar where, uh, you know, they waited quite some time for the Briar and you, with Team Gushu being the hometown hometown guy and just even though they weren't cheering for me, you you still got adrenaline off that, that crowd. That was something else. And so to kind of get a little bit of a taste of that, uh, this is, uh, you know, something that's uh, pretty special that uh, doesn't necessarily come around for everyone. And I'm, I feel pretty fortunate to, to have this chance uh, in a couple of weeks. Is there more pressure then to perform at a high level? Um, I'm not feeling it right now. Uh, I think, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to manage things. Uh, we'll have to have a good plan in place. So there's lots of distractions, I'm sure. Um, but I, I think all of us are, um, I think we're experienced enough that, uh, it'll end up being something that we can feed off of versus, um, you know, a, kind of playing the other way where it, it applies too much pressure to us. So I think uh, we're prepared to do a good job to make sure it's something that uh, is kind of like a home court advantage. And the idea now of, of wearing the bison as opposed to the wild card must feel pretty good too. Yeah. Well, I guess it was just destiny that, you know, <laughs> you know, for a long time, uh, my, my former team had that moniker of, you know, the, the best, best team to never play in a briar. And, uh, you know, uh, for sure, you know, it, yeah, I guess it's just destiny that, that our, our team was the very first to, to wear those black wildcard jerseys. I guess it was just meant to be. And, uh, you know, I obviously had a health scare that helped, helped make that happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'd be honest, I, I'd much rather be wearing the, the, the yellow, white, uh, out there and, and having that bison on our backs um, you know that's that's what we all kind of grow up playing the sport to do um, in Manitoba so uh, very excited to do that and you know we're anytime we go to the Briar we're pretty fierce competitors and you know our expectation is is to to try and make a deep run and just never know how many of these you get to go to out of Manitoba so if uh, we can make a deep run and have a chance uh, chance to win it, uh, we're going to do everything we can. I'm curious. You're in the heart of your provincial playdowns. Do you pay attention at all to what's happening in the other provinces? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, all the guys on the team uh, love following curling, so it's uh, you know the the playdowns are pretty are are a pretty interesting animal. Um, you know, we saw. You know, we obviously saw some upsets in other provinces, and we saw, you know, my former teammate BJ playing with uh, Kevin Cooley. How they they lost their first two games and then rattled off a number of victories to come out of Alberta. So there's some pretty interesting things that happen in playdowns, and usually there's a a few upsets. So it's it's something that we definitely watch, and and uh, you know just. Uh, it's just that time of year where everything is just uh, amped up a little bit and, and um, yeah, guys, guys are focused and, and usually putting just about everything into it that they can. So we're, we're pretty excited to see kind of who's coming out of each province 
as as it was happening. Yeah, familiar names like Jim Cotter out of BC. You mentioned Cooey, uh, Scott McDonald, maybe one of the stunners out of Ontario, uh, going undefeated, beating John Epping, beating Glenn Howard, and now Epping and Brendan Botcher will play in the wild card game. And of course, there's the looming defending champion Brad Gushu, two time defending champion Brad Gushu. That'll is he the favorite? Brad Jacobs also out of Northern Ontario, but is in your eyes is Gushu the favorite, or is it a lot of teams you kind of look at evenly here? You know, this this year I see it as a lot of co favorites. Um, you know, Brad Brad's team has had uh, a good year, but definitely, um, I think it's safe to say it's it's probably not to up to their expectations. Um, it really, you know, between between Jacobs and Cooey and and Gushu and and uh, you know even it should Botcher or, or Epping for that matter. You know, either one of those guys come come out of that wild card game. There, there's a number of teams that have had pretty similar seasons as far as success. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of co favorites. Uh, just because we've been rumbly and tumbly for for most of the fall, um, you know, we're going to go in as a bit of underdogs. But uh, you know, no, nobody's going to take us lightly because uh, I think uh, you know we're we're on our way up and up and uh, I think, uh, like I said, I think we weathered the storm and and had a lot of growth in the last month with this team. So I'm really interested to see if we can keep that going and and uh, maybe see where that takes us in our first year together. Well, Mike, I appreciate you joining me tonight on the CJB Sports Show. Uh, best of luck in Brandon, and we'll see you out there. Thanks very much. Looking forward to it. So... My alarm normally goes off. Uh, I had it set for 740. My plan was to go to the gym at nine o'clock, do some outdoor skating. I knew that there was going to be a pre-tape for the morning show to talk about the free agency special. And I thought there was going to be one downtown for TV as well. So that's why I wanted to go to the gym at nine instead of noon like I normally do. But 710, I get uh, this suddenly (laughs) jolts me out of bed. So that's from the hallway. It's a few minutes before I get out of bed. I'm monitoring whether or not this is a false alarm because oftentimes in apartments, it's not worth it to get out of the building, really. It's minus 20 out. What am I going to do? So scenarios start running through my head as the alarm continues to not go away. So what do I do? Okay, I get up. I go to the washroom. I think, okay, I don't smell fire. I don't smell smoke. I can probably get everything ready for the day. I could probably have some breakfast. I could pack my lunch and I can get on my way. Instead, I kind of uh, rushed out of the building. I grabbed warm clothing so I could go skating. I grabbed my skates and I grabbed Burger King coupons because that's what I had. And there's a nearby Burger King and I didn't have time to grab breakfast. I thought it'd be weird to cook something when there's apparently a fire. And of course, I'm still wondering, where is the fire? I don't smell anything. But when I get in the stairwell, it starts to smell a little smoky. And I think, okay, maybe I should probably leave. I walk outside. I'm on the fourth floor on the west side of this building on Taylor Avenue. I look up. Oh, (laughs) that's a fire on the ninth story on the east side. So my unit is safe. And the fact that I do not have renter's insurance 
does not come back to haunt me. Something I'm now considering. So now what do I do? It's seven thirty. It's seven twenty-five. I start my car, which was not plugged in, and then I get a text from Jeff Braun. Yeah, can you come on the news with me? So I'm doing live hits like I'm a news reporter. Back to my old days as a news reporter. I take some pictures. I tweet it out. And I made the mistake of saying, but look, my apartment's on fire. I should say my apartment building is on fire as if, so that I don't imply that this is my unit. This is just part of my building that is in flames. Take some pictures, tweet it out, go on the news. It's put out about 738. That's according to the release that they sent out. I'm in the parking lot here. I see a few trucks. Eventually, I decide to go to Burger King in front of the building, all along Taylor. There's got to be four trucks. There's about six parked in the Pan Am Clinic lot. It's a big deal. It's a big fire. And then I had breakfast. And that's not important. But what is important is this coupon came with a coffee. I have not had a coffee since moving to Winnipeg. It's almost four years ago. I've only ever had about three or four cups of coffee in my life. And so what is my first coffee in Winnipeg? A small Burger King coffee. She said cream or sugar. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. What do people get? So I just said two creams. And I'm a big whip when it comes to hot drinks. So I probably didn't touch it for half an hour. And then the rest of my day kind of went along as normal. Went to the gym, went skating. Everyone was like, dude, are you okay? That's the thing. I put this out on social media and I get... A bunch of texts from people saying, are you okay? Is everything good? And I'm like, yeah, my apartment's nowhere near that. It's cool. And people are like, how do you know it's so nonchalant? It's because my apartment's nowhere near the fire. It's fine. It's fine. So it's an interesting way to wake up, but at least it's not 5 a.m., right? Seven, you know, people are already kind of getting on their way to work anyway. So if you're going to catch uh, your unit on fire, and everyone's fine. A couple people went just precautionary reason to hospital. Everyone got out Okay. There are no pets allowed in this building, unfortunately. I really want a cat. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.